Good morning. So a few weeks ago, Nathan asked me if I'd share my story, um, how I got to be here doing what I do. My first reaction was, what story? Um, and I had feelings of, I can't do that, I'm not good enough. Um, but as you'll see, that is part of my story, actually, of God's transformation from feeling not good enough to hopefully being a, a bit more confident about what God can do through me. So actually, it's really important that I share my story um, with you. But it's also been a really good exercise, looking back um, over my life so far and seeing what God has done for me and through me. And I'd recommend it to anybody, um, actually. It's a good thing to do. It's not a new thing. God regularly told the Israelites, look back. Who am I? What have I done for you? Um, and it's a good thing, good practice for us to do. We've already heard this morning about you know, telling you know, story, remembering who we are. So everyone who knows Jesus as their saviour has a continuing story of transformation which should be celebrated. So all of you, and maybe one day, this will be your turn up here. If you don't know Jesus yet, listen to my story and maybe something will resonate with you. And if it does, I really encourage you to investigate it further and see what Jesus can do for you. So the aims of my talk are to tell you how I got here doing what I'm doing, and then um, how the Father has, has and continues to work in me. Um, an important point just to say is that it's not, what I do is not who I am. What I do can easily change. There's lots of things that I've done in my past, and it could well change in my future, um, but who I am does not. So, how have I come to be here? Well, the short answer is doing what I was told and coming to church with my parents. Okay. I was part of Chertsey Community Church um, when it was first planted out from the coin, which is a church over in Woking, um, when I was 15, 16, something like that. We met in the old town hall up the end of the road there, and we had a coffee shop just about there um, called The Oasis, and I volunteered there under the watchful eye of Kate when I was a teenager. Um, so eventually, Chertsey Community Church became the beacon. So apart from two years away at college, I've been a part of this community for many years. So what do I do? Well, I'm a wife to Paul, mother to our two daughters. And I'm a member here, um, where I serve in various capacities. Um, so I run um, parenting courses, eat well, spend less courses, and I bake the coffee shop here and other bits and pieces as and when necessary. Um, hospitality and cooking were features of my family life growing up. Our meal table would grow as um, food would be made to stretch to as many were around the table. My mum was very good at that. Um, so being comfortable cooking for large numbers was normal. Um, bearing in mind our normal was eight. Um, so, yeah, that sort of thing, hospitality, cooking, as I say, was, was, was quite a feature. Supporting mission, particularly overseas mission, and working in our local community was also a big part of life, it influenced my, my dad's vision for mission. So looking for ways to serve our community was a natural, and in a way, it was expected. When our girls were little, 
um, our Connect group went through a parenting course with the thought of using it um, to reach out to the community. I actually was in desperate need of this myself at the time and found it very, very helpful. So a year or so later, Positive Parenting, which is now part of Care for the Family, which is the course material that I use, um, actually ran a seminar at Stony Bible Week. Um, that's a camping conference, a bit like Catalyst now, but a, a previous one, um, on how their course material was being used in reaching the community. So I went along, so obviously it resonated with me. I signed up for the course and pretty much have been running that course in some shape or form with various people um, over the years for about 20 years. Um, so out of my need for support, grew a desire to take that support to others. Initially through our toddler group at the time, which was Little Fishes, building up contacts through working at St Paul's School, um, leading to children's centres, and now also including Little Lights. Um, so that's sort of the parenting and sort of where that, how, you know, how I came to sort of be, be running that. Um, I was continuing to learn myself all the time that I was running these courses, but found bringing godly principles of raising children um, to our community very rewarding. There was such a pleasure when stories would come back of how people had tried something new and it had made a positive difference in their family life. It was a real encouragement to carry on. I'm not quite sure when I started to think about running cooking courses, but as I said earlier, home cooking and being comfortable with cooking had been very much a normal aspect of life. And I had a growing awareness of a need for people to learn how to cook economically and healthy, possibly through parenting, hearing stories of, of you know, how parents struggled with that sort of thing. Um, but also Dad had set up Debtscape, which was a debt counselling service, and saw firsthand how people would spend money that they couldn't really afford on takeaways, often just because of the lack of basic skills. So in 2011, the church set up Food Bank, and I worked with the leader, Sam Stapley, pretty much from the beginning. I was constantly hearing stories, as those who <laughs> work in, in Food Bank, of people struggling to make ends meet. And some of this was, was because they just didn't know how to, how to cook. So Sam and I would often talk about other things we could be doing to meet more than just the crisis needs that were met at Food Bank. And one of those ideas was a budget cooking but on a budget course. And Trussell Trust one day um, asked, the, the Trussell Trust is the umbrella organisation for Food Bank that we run, um, asked if we would be a part of a pilot scheme um, to run a course called Eat Well, Spend Less. So although we didn't quite meet the criteria that they, want, they wanted us to do it anyway, and obviously I see that as God sort of opening the doorway there for me. Um, so basically Sam presented it to me and said, here you go. <laughs> Fulfill your dream. <laughs> so that's what I'm doing. Um, so it was very much a, a God presenting me with an open door to, to, to do this. And so that's what I've been doing for three years, something like that. So I know Father has put in me a heart for our community. And it's so exciting to hear from week to week when a course is running how lives are being changed, confidence is being given back, anxiety is calmed, and self esteem is growing. So just in case I haven't got enough opportunities to cook, I'm also part of a team um, that, who bake cakes for this shop, coffee shop. Baking, again, has always been something I've enjoyed doing, probably going back to my mum. It's just part of who I am, and I love seeing it. I love doing it and seeing people enjoy what I've made. Being in this environment during the week is an absolute pleasure. <laughs> Revive is an important part of our community. 
And for me, it's very rewarding meeting old contacts. So this week, I was handing out lunches on Monday, and one of the mums that came along um, did a cooking course with me about three years ago. So it was great to catch up with her. Later in the week, um, I was here, and somebody came in, had a coffee, who did a parenting course with me a long time ago, 10 years ago, something like that. So she recognised me. I've seen her a couple of times since, but she came, gave me a big hug and wanted to tell me all about her son and what he's doing. And it's just really, it's just exciting to see these sort of networks um, grow. And so if you don't come in here regularly, I would really encourage you to do it because it's, it's a lovely place to be. It's a great place just to come. And if you come on a regular basis, you actually start to see the same faces. You start to build and you can start to build relationships with people. It's a good place to be. So I can look back at my past, family, previous work, um, things, different things that I've done that have prepared me for these roles. So that's sort of the outworking, if you like, of what, for the moment, of my, of my passions. That's the easy bit, because that's very factual. <laughs> this is a little bit more tricky. So the other thread of my journey so far is about how God is working in me, um, which probably most of you don't know about. Um, but appreciating and understanding these things has, has changed me and empowered me to do what I do with a different motivation and with more confidence. So whilst preparing this talk, I look back at words from God that people have given me, or scriptures um, that have been spoken to me or that I've, I've read. And there was, there was a recurrent theme. Stop hiding. Trust God. Know how God sees me and that I have a purpose. I'll say those things again because they're important. Stop hiding. Trust God. Know how God sees me and I have a purpose. So hearing these words encouraged me at the time and obviously helped me to move into things that I have been doing. So it's not they fell on deaf ears, but even so, these words did keep coming back to me. Um, so although I was doing stuff, I was doing lots of things, um, I don't think I was fully knowing and appreciating the depths of these truths. Hopefully this will come a bit clearer as I continue. Two things happened within a fairly short space of time that have really impacted me and made me see that I was trapped in some very wrong ways of thinking, which I needed to be released from. First was a relationship that I built with a lady called Sheila Brown, who used to be part of this church but now lives in Australia. She has an amazing relationship with God, and I wanted to learn from her. So I asked if I could spend time with her, which I did. We used to chat and have a cup of tea, and we would see where God took the conversation. One thing that was highlighted over time was a twisted view I had of friendship. I'd often felt I was on the outside of groups looking in, never quite fitting in. This led to feelings of not being acceptable. If I had a friend, I'd want to keep hold of that friend. I would get envious of other people's friendships and jealous of my friend if they had another friend. I don't know if that makes sense, but um, not very nice. I'd felt let down and disappointed with friendships. So recognising this, you know, it was hard, um, but Sheila led me through a process of forgiveness and brought me to a place where I was free. I no longer had to cling to friendships. I didn't have to do lots of things to be accepted. I knew that God accepted me 
and that my security was in him and that he would provide for my needs. And he has, and he continues to do so. It's so important to have people whose counsel you trust. So it's good to be part of a community. So I'd encourage you all to seek out a friend who you can share with, pray with, get stuff sorted, like we've already heard this morning. Um, God has given us our church family to help us on, to encourage us, to move us forward. The second thing was attending a course called Freedom in Christ, which I would highly recommend. <laughs> Not just for the sake of doing another course, ticking a box, um, but asking for God's revelation as you do it. And the clues in the title, it really does bring freedom. For me, it revealed um, two lies that I'd been living under, one we've heard about a little bit already, um, and I needed to renew my mind and refill it with God's truth. So one lie led me to being insecure and a fear of being left, which is a bit like what I've already talked about. And the other was about never quite being good enough. And you can see how this all sort of links in together. For many years, I had compared myself unfavorably with my siblings. I followed two very clever brothers through school, and my teachers liked to tell me <laughs> um, that they were scientists. I wasn't. Um, I'm the only one of six who didn't get a degree. And also, as I saw it, and it is as I saw it, I didn't have the same calling to travel or work overseas as most of my siblings. Overseas mission, as I've said, had always been quite a big part of our family life. Dad's travelled, um, done various, various things overseas. Ask him about it sometime, it's very exciting. Travelled to Poland, behind the Iron Curtain. Um, you know, all those sorts of things. It's, it's, it's a lot gone on, so talk to him. Um, and later, my brothers and sisters have covered most continents between them. And not the nice holiday places either. <laughs> um, talk to them. <laughs> so not being an academic and never having served abroad in any capacity, it was easy to put myself down. I didn't have exciting stories to tell at the dinner table. I was just at home, just a mum. No career, no definite mission just serving where necessary here. Sadly, lies are one of the devil's tools that rob us of our promises in God. And we're all potentially susceptible. Maybe not to those ones, but there's plenty of others. But the principles for guarding against them are the same. And this was something that came to me through the Freedom in Christ course. Nick, can I have the first slide? So the Freedom in Christ course is founded on Jesus' words, you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. And also, do not conform any longer to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. My mind needed to be transformed by the truth of the word of God. Do you need to ask yourself, are there areas where your mind needs renewing? The important bit here is the truth of the word of God. It says in Hebrews 4.12, the word of God is living and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. We need to know what scripture says about us because that is the truth that we need to build our lives on. Sometimes this takes discipline. Sometimes this takes hard work. 
repeatedly speaking the truth to ourselves and not listening to the lies that so easily sneak into our thinking. Our thinking can be pictured a bit like ruts in a road, in a track. There were many of them around the places where, where, where we were brought up. Like a well-travelled road, it's easy just to follow the same tracks. So the more the, you, you travel on a, on a track, the deeper the ruts go. And it can be easy to break out of those, uh, can be difficult to break out of those ruts. And that can be a bit like our thinking. Um, they, they just follow the same paths and actually it's easy just to follow the same lies, the same things that we've, we've heard or that we've thought about ourselves. And it can take time and effort to break out of those ruts and make new tracks. So knowing this and living in the truth of this has put me in a much better place to serve God and I do so gladly. I look back at the words from God, stop hiding, trust me, I have a purpose for you and I know that I can walk in these truths with confidence. I'm still on this journey. There are still times that I slip into those old ways of thinking but I know that fundamentally I'm free from those lies that had previously tied me down. It's important to note as well that we don't have to have everything worked out before we can do what God wants us to do. These two threads of my journey have been running alongside each other. So I've been doing stuff, but God's been working me as well. And he hasn't finished with me yet. There's still lots to do. So for the last sort of few minutes of my talk, I feel actually that God wants to bring me back to this place, this, uh, this area of, com- of comparison and truths about who we are in Christ. And it might be that this um, touches for, um, on some people. So comparing ourselves is never good. If you compare yourself up, looking up, or you, you become superior. You become proud. Um, like the story Jesus told in Luke of the Pharisee and the tax collector, where the Pharisee prayed, God, I thank you that I'm not like these other people. You can start looking down on people and saying, oh, I'm I'm much better because I do this and I do that. That's not good. That's not a good comparison. If you compare yourself down, it actually denies the truth of who you are in Christ. It's a false humility. It's It's not good. So it's things like, I'm no good. I'm not as good as... I can't do anything very well. I wish I was more like, I'm just. Are they things that come into your mind very quickly? Or do you discount yourself? I can't do that, I'm too old, I'm too young, too shy, too loud, whatever. We put these things on ourselves, don't we? We say, I can't do that, I'm not good enough. Nick, can I have the next slide, please? So this was something that my sister, one of my sisters, gave me at a Stony Bible Week. Um, A year particularly, I was having a moan to her about um, how good she was, how amazing she was, how creative she was, um, and she told me off. (laughs) And she gave me this. This actually was in in the Stonely notebook, things that we were given. And she said, I think you need to have this, and you need to know it. Well, so maybe somebody here does too. You're unique. Fulfill your potential in God. He doesn't want you to be like anyone else. He wants you to be you. He wants you to be thankful for who he has made you. 
Does anybody remember the song? <laughs> I won't sing it, Naomi, it's all right. <laughs> if I were a butterfly, I thank you, Lord, for giving me wings. If I were a fuzzy wuzzy bear, I thank you, Lord, for my fuzzy wuzzy hair. Um, the chorus says, but I just thank you, Father, for making me, me. I sung that loads of times as a child, also at Little Fishes, with the little children. It was a, a, a regular one, has got some very good actions. Um, but they were just words. But actually, we need to hear that. I thank you, Father, for making me, me. He doesn't want you to be like anybody else. He made you, you, for a purpose. So the second bit of that, then, is fulfill your potential, wherever you are. We're all on a mission to make disciples of all nations. It doesn't only count or become important if those missions are overseas, as I've learned. Wherever you are, whatever you are, whatever you're doing, do it for the glory of God. Next one, please, Nick. So this, now there's some, just some truths that I, I just feel it's important for us to, to know. So these are scriptures. Okay, so Psalm 139, verse 13. The whole of that psalm, by the way, is an excellent psalm. You need to learn it. <laughs> but verse 13 says, You created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. If you say I'm no good, you're saying that God made a mistake, that God didn't get it right with you. And that can't be true because God doesn't make mistakes. Do you need to start being thankful for how God has made you? Do you need to start saying when you wake up each morning, I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made? Ephesians 2, verse 6 to 10 says, And God raised us up with Christ and seated us with him in the heavenly realms in Christ Jesus, in order that in the coming ages he might show the incomparable riches of his grace expressed in his kindness to us in Christ Jesus. For it is by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not from yourselves, it is a gift of God, not by works, so no one can boast. For we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works, which God prepared in advance for us to do. You are God's workmanship. You are seated with Christ in heavenly realms. God has prepared you for good works. He's already prepared them for you. In Christ, you are significant. You are accepted. You are secure. And this is not reliant on what you do. In fact, as I found, if you do <laughs> these things without knowing the truth of these words, it can actually be, it can be toil. It can be potentially wrong motivation for serving. None of what I've said is about making me arrogant. Look what I've done. I do all these things. This is about Christ in me. It's looking at what he has done. And now being able to walk in the good of that doesn't make me perfect, doesn't mean my life is without difficulty, but it does mean that God is amazing. He can take someone like me and transform me. He has seated me in heavenly places 
so that the riches of his grace can be seen through me. And that's the same for all of us. It's, it's amazing. Okay, next. In Jeremiah 9, verse 23. Oh, have I not done that one? Oh, okay, forget that. Okay, so Jeremiah, I'll read it out to you. Let not the wise man boast of his wisdom, or the strong man boast of his strength, or the rich man boast of his riches, but let him who boast boast about this, that he understands and knows me, that I am the Lord who exercises kindness, justice, and righteousness on earth, for in these I delight. We're not to boast in anything that we have gained, except that it gives praise and glory to Jesus. So then this one, Ephesians three sixteen to 21. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your heart through faith. And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power together with all the saints to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, and to know this love that surpasses knowledge, that you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God. Now to him who is able to do immeasurably more than all we ask or imagine, according to his power at work in us, to him be the glory. His power, the power that raised Jesus from the dead, is at work in us, helping us to understand the love Jesus has for us. And as we grasp that, we change. And it should cause us to worship, to give him glory. Christ in me, my hope and my glory, my certainty, my heart bows down in worship to my God and my King. Thank you, Jesus. Let my life be to your glory. We might sing, if we can, I don't know. There's a song we sing, Who am I that the highest king should welcome me? There's a line in there that says, I am who you say I am. Who does God say that you are? Do you need to take some time to explore scripture and discover the truth about who you are in Christ? If you don't think you can do that by yourself, then please ask for help. But it's so important. We've talked about freedom already this morning. It's so important that we fulfill our potential in God. And we do that by being free, by knowing the truth about what God says about us.